Well, blessed Christmas season to all of you. May God's grace be with you this day. Wow, can you believe it's nearly the end of another calendar year. Where does the time go? It's unbelievable. And of course, it's that time of year when we tend to make some New Year resolutions, some commitments to things we're going to do differently in the new year than we did this past year. Maybe you're making a resolution to do more reading, to read more books. Maybe you're going to write more handwritten letters to your relatives rather than simply sending an email. Maybe you're going to spend a little more time with your family, your friends, set aside time for those relationships that matter the most. Maybe you're going to commit yourself to an exercise program. I know myself, I need to commit myself to do more weight training uh, to strengthen my muscles and my bones. I haven't done enough weight training, and that's part of what I want to do in the new year. Well, this morning, we are taking a look at two characters from the gospel lesson for today, Simeon and Anna. And from Simeon and Anna, we're going to learn some lessons in weight training. No, not what you're thinking, not exercise. They're going to teach us something about W-A-I-T training, how to wait on God. Let me ask you, in the uh, weeks leading up to Christmas, did anybody have to ever wait in a line at any time? Anybody? Yeah, yeah, I see some hands out there. Oh, my goodness. You get into a shopping line and you think you're never going to get out of it, right? You wait and wait and wait. Or maybe you've been in your vehicle just sitting in dead traffic waiting for something to move, huh? It's not as bad as where I grew up in Los Angeles, but we can still get our pretty good share of traffic here in Phoenix as well. How are you with waiting? Boy, we can get pretty frustrated at times, can't we? In fact, we can even get frustrated waiting for God to act. Simeon and Anna are going to teach us some things about how to wait well. Before we talk about them, however, we need to set up the occasion that brings us into the presence of Simeon and Anna. The occasion was Mary and Joseph presenting baby Jesus at the temple in Jerusalem. See, that was the, uh, the custom, that was God's command going all the way back to the Old Testament days, that the firstborn male of a couple was to be brought and dedicated to the Lord's service. As a matter of fact, along with that, the woman who gives, gives birth to a child is supposed to wait 40 days before bringing the child to the temple and offering the appropriate sacrifices for, uh, for that. Uh, those sacrifices were brought as a part of her purification ritual. But after 40 days, uh, the parents would bring the child and would offer a lamb and a dove or a pigeon. Now, if you couldn't afford a lamb, which could be kind of pricey, you could uh, alternatively bring two doves or two pigeons. Now, it wasn't three French hens, okay, but it was two doves or two Pigeons. And so that's what brings Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus to the temple and gives them the occasion to meet Simeon and Anna. We're going to read again from the gospel lesson, the opening verses of this story. 
Luke tells us that when the time of their purification, according to the law of Moses, had been completed, the 40 days had passed, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Actually, as you probably noted from the text, the consecration of the firstborn was not a new practice. It actually went all the way back to the days of Moses and the time of the Exodus, the delivery of the people out of slavery from Egypt and on their way to the Promised Land. We read in Exodus 13 about this. The Lord said to Moses, Consecrate to me every firstborn male. The first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether man or animal. So in other words, the firstborn of the animals were offered to the Lord as sacrifices. They were killed as a part of the sacrifice to the Lord. The firstborn male child was dedicated to the Lord's service. And so Mary and Joseph are following this instruction from God that had been around for centuries as they present Jesus at the temple. And while they're there, they meet these two characters, Simeon and Anna. And so as we look at the lives of Simeon and Anna this morning, we're going to learn some lessons in weight training, how to wait properly. Now, as far as we know, Simeon and Anna were not related to each other although they probably knew each other because they both spend a fair amount of time at the temple on a regular basis. I want to read again the the gospel lesson. It's from a slightly different version that we heard earlier. Uh, But let's take a look at the lives of these two characters. First of all, Simeon. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. This was a man whose heart was focused on God. He wanted more and more to know the things, the truths of God. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. What does that mean? He was waiting for the one that God had promised to send who would bring consolation to Israel, namely the promised Messiah, the Savior. And the Holy Spirit was upon Simeon. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. What a promise. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying the following words. Imagine him holding baby Jesus And saying these words that have now become a hymn in the Christian church. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. A light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Old man Simeon is saying, Lord, I can die now. For I have seen your Savior. It goes on to say the child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed 
And a sword will pierce your own soul too, he says to Mary. She would experience the heartache of seeing her own son put to death. The gospel goes on then and tells us a little bit about this other person that Mary and Joseph met in the temple. There was also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow for 84 years. Now, let's think about this. A young woman was usually married about the age 14. She was married to her husband for seven years and then he died. And then she was widowed for 84 more years until this time, which made her at this time about 105 years old. Some translations say she was 84 years old. The better translation, I believe, is this one that says she was widowed for 84 years. That makes her about 105. Going on, she never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Simeon and Anna are two people of great faith in God. And they learned how to wait, how to wait on God to act. So from Simeon and Anna, I'd like to talk about four lessons in weight training, how we can learn to wait more effectively. The first one is this, wait patiently because God's timing is perfect. Wait patiently because God's timing is perfect. Simeon and Anna waited very, very patiently for the day that God finally brought his promised Messiah into their presence. They'd waited for years, especially Anna. How are you at waiting patiently? Maybe you've prayed that common prayer of patience that goes something like this. Dear Lord, please give me patience and give it to me right now. Aren't we kind of like that at times? Yeah, it's hard for us to wait patiently for anything, including for God to act. But throughout the scriptures, the call for us is to trust God enough to wait for his perfect timing. In Psalm 27, 14, it says, Wait for the Lord, be strong and take heart, and wait for the Lord. It's a call to believe that God can see the big picture when all we can see is a part of the picture. And He knows what is best for us at the right time. And even though we have our timeline, God's timeline is a perfect one. He knows what is best for us, and He acts according to His perfect timeline. One of the hardest verses to follow in the Bible, I believe, is Psalm 46, verse 10, where it says, Be still and know that I am God. It's hard, isn't it, to simply be still and wait for God to do His thing in His time? Be still and know that I am God. Know that I am in control. Know that all is well. David himself testifies to the fact that God does act in his perfect time. 
Psalm 40 verse 1 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry. David had to wait at times, but he trusted God and God acted in his perfect timing for David's benefit. Isaiah, the prophet, in chapter 30 says, The Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. What are you going through right now that's causing you to wait? And you're wondering if God will ever act. He asks to wait patiently for him, believing and trusting that his timing is indeed perfect. Simeon and Anna learned to wait patiently for God to send the Messiah, for they knew that his timing was the right one. A second uh, wait lesson, wait training lesson, is to wait for the right thing, to wait for the right thing. You know, we can wait for lots of things and they may not be the right thing for us. What are you waiting for and is it the right thing? Are you waiting for the thing that is best? Simeon and Anna were waiting for the promised Messiah, the one that they knew God had promised to send. A few years ago, a movie came out entitled The Bucket List. Did you see that movie? Uh, Starred Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman. The Bucket List, about a couple of guys who knew their life was close to ending, and so they made a list of all the things that they wanted to do before they kicked the bucket, before they died, right? And they carried out those things. What's on your bucket list? Well, on old man Simeon's bucket list was to see the Lord's Messiah before he died. Now, he had a little bit of an advantage. The Bible tells us that God had actually revealed to Simeon that he would not die before he had actually seen the Lord's promised Messiah. But nevertheless, Simeon and Anna both had their bucket list items properly prioritized. They knew what was most important. It was waiting for the Savior to come. Have you prioritized your bucket list? Are you waiting for the right thing? What is most important for you to be about in the time you have left on this planet? Is your top priority your relationship with Jesus Christ, that Savior born in Bethlehem who went to the cross for you and me, the one who came to give you eternal life. Is that what matters most to you? Nothing really is more important, is it? Simeon and Anna had their list prioritized properly. They were waiting for the right thing. A third lesson in wait training from Simeon and Anna is this, that as you wait, find wisdom in the Word and not in the world. As you are waiting, find your wisdom in the Word of God, not in the world of humanity. It's very clear that Simeon and Anna were students of the Bible. Now, for them, in their time, their Bible was what we call the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, especially the words of the prophets that foretold what came true in the person of Jesus. They were students of the Word. They found wisdom in the Word rather than in the world around them. That was important because the world around them was leading a lot of people astray. 
As a matter of fact, most of Simeon and Anna's fellow Jews had gotten all swept up in some wrong notions about what Messiah was going to be like. To set the scene a little bit on this, we need to understand that for centuries, the people of Israel had been under the thumb of foreign rulers. Time after time after time, Israel was conquered by some other foreign ruler. And by the time of Jesus' day, the common Jewish person of his day was of the mindset that the kind of Messiah they wanted to see arrive would be a powerful warrior king, a political ruler, who would throw out the overlords, namely the Romans, and establish Israel as an independent nation. That's what they were looking for. That's what they wanted Messiah to be, a political earthly king. But that's not what the Messiah came to be. That's not the Messiah that Isaiah and the other prophets foretold. No, they foretold a suffering servant, one who would give his life for the sake of the people. Simeon and Anna found their wisdom in the word of God and not in the world. You might say that they were faced with pressures to give in to political correctness. Well, some things never change, do they? We too are under pressures to give in to what is politically correct but biblically wrong. We need to find our wisdom in the word of God and not in the world of humanity. Simeon and Anna looked forward to the kind of Savior that Isaiah foretold, the one who would be pierced for our transgressions, the one who would give his life for the sins of the people. That's why Simeon is able to say the things that he said to Mary, that her own soul would be pierced as well. He was foretelling the fact that she would suffer the pain of seeing her own son sacrificed for the sins of the world. But it's what was in the word, and that's what mattered most. In Psalm 130, verse 5, it says, I wait for the Lord, my soul waits, and in his word I put my hope. Simeon and Anna put their hope in the word of God, not in the things of the world, and you and I are called to do that too. As you wait, friends, are you relying more on God's word or on the wisdom of this world? Shortly before Jesus fulfilled all those prophecies and died on that cross, he kneeled in prayer to his heavenly Father. And as a part of that prayer, he said this, Father, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Jesus himself held the word of God to be truthful and the thing that we must rely on. What we call the Old Testament, the Hebrew Scriptures, are all pointing forward to Jesus, the very one who in a matter of hours after praying that prayer would give his life on that cross, would fulfill all of what Isaiah said, and would accomplish the salvation of all who would believe in him. He came specifically for the purpose of being the suffering servant to accomplish your salvation and mine. Let me ask you, as you wait, are you finding your wisdom in the Word of God? And fourthly and finally, a lesson in weight training from Simeon and Anna's story is this. 
wait expectantly. Wait expectantly. They, they did. Simeon and Anna were waiting and expecting the Messiah to come. They anticipated his arrival. Well, that same promised Messiah has made another promise to you and to me. He has promised to come again. Let me ask you, are you waiting for him with a a sense of eager expectation that Jesus could come again any time? Hebrews chapter 9 verse 28 says this, So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many, and he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Are you one of those waiting for him to return? In that epistle lesson we heard earlier from Romans 8, Paul tells about this expectant type of waiting. He says the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. We ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. St. Paul fully believed that Jesus was coming again. He writes about it again to uh, Titus in his letter to him when he says, We wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Sometimes we can wonder... Is he ever going to come? Is he ever going to come? Friends, we need to wait expectantly that he could come at any time. St. Paul, near the end of his life, writing from a dungeon in Rome, knowing that he's about to be executed, writes these, which were some of his very last written words. 2 Timothy 4, he says, The time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, and here's where you and I come in, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Let me ask you, do you long for the appearing of Jesus? Are you waiting expectantly for him to arrive. As you move into this new year, let me ask you, what are you waiting for? As you prepare and and wait for the new year to arrive, friends, I pray that you are also waiting and preparing for your Savior to come. Now, of course, it may not happen in the year 2016. No one knows the day or the hour of his arrival, but it might be this next year. For that matter, it might be this next week or it might be in the next hour that Jesus comes in power and glory to take us home. But as we wait, as we wait on God to act, let's learn some weight training lessons from Simeon and Anna. Let's learn to wait patiently because God's timing is perfect. Let's learn to wait for the right thing, not the wrong thing. Let's learn to find wisdom in the word of God, not in the world of men. And let's wait expectantly 
trusting that Jesus is coming again to take us home. We think about the words of Isaiah, they that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach me, Lord, to wait. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus as you wait for him. Amen.